All right, welcome to another episode of Homestead Shop Talk Podcast with Al from Lemon Acres, Ben from Holler Homestead, and myself, Jason, from Soda Land. And this is episode 23. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, home, like gift ideas. So maybe for the homesteader or farmer, um, I guess homestead gift ideas and kind of maybe different ideas that we think about. And actually, if maybe if our wives are watching, maybe they get an idea what to get us. <laughs> mm. If my mom's listening, <laughs> which <Fine>. she does. <laughs> my mom listens too. That's funny. Um, yeah. I know. I know my dad listens. I don't know oh, about really? my mom. Yeah. So, um, but first, we're going to talk about our week. Did you guys uh, have a good Thanksgiving? Man. Yep. Ate a little too much, I think. But it was good. Yep, I second that. I think I, uh, <laughs> I had to go up a. Uh, a hole on my belt because of Thanksgiving. So it was a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was nice coming from California. We've always traveled, you know, went to like three different places, both grandmas, moms. So ever since moving to North Carolina, there's that stopped. And it's like, we just stay home during the holidays. And for a while there, it, it it's hard. It, we weren't used to that. I remember the first yep. year we're like, this is weird. Like we have absolutely nowhere to go. And now it's kind of, I guess it's normal now. But. Right. Kind of nice and relaxing. We actually kind of did the same thing, but it was, it was a few years ago. It was back before we left California. Uh, it was like Thanksgiving on Thursday, Thanksgiving on Friday, Thanksgiving on Saturday. And then if we wanted our own, cause you know, you don't get to bring any leftovers home. We would do our Thanksgiving on Sunday and then <laughs> I'd go back to work. And, and it was just like, we can't keep doing this. And so we finally arranged it. It's like, all right, this, this, these in-laws get Thanksgiving this year. These ones get it you know, next year. Uh, it, it was kind of hard when we finally decided that, but we kind of broke our holidays up that way and it ended up being better for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like going down to just having like just Thanksgiving and you don't travel. And I used to hate traveling on Thanksgiving. If you, first thing in the morning, if you're headed over to family, like there's nobody on the road. And then when you're coming back, everybody's on the road. And it's just like, gee, everybody's comatose from too much turkey. Let's get off the road. No, I know you're sitting in traffic. Like, forget it. So we've been working more on the barn this week. We're working on getting, we're trying to get the roof down. And we got the roof down, I should say. There was a big push because we had a big rainstorm coming in. And then we have the weather is starting to cool off. So it was like, I want to get the roof on for the rain and I want to get the roof on before we got to get up there. And it's like 30, 25 degrees out. So it's a lot easier to work when you're warm than it is when you're cold. It's been going good. It's nice to have the roof on. We're excited to start seeing the barn come vision come, come in. We're still trying to figure out the layout. The big thing is, is I want to get your guys' input. We're wanting to do pigs now. That's one of the big goals about having the barn is we can have a place to raise the piglets in the early spring and overwinter them in the wintertime. What breeds would you recommend or what breed and why? I want to make sure I get like the right breed. We want something that's docile. We don't want something that gets too pushy or too aggressive, especially if we're going to be having a sow and a boar. But we want something that's tasty at the same time. So what well, would you guys gonna breed? You're going to breed them. These are for yeah, breeding. We, want, we want to have a, a, just one male and a female. And just start off with a small and then raise them and sell some piglets, but raise most of them for us. And I know like you like your coonies and they seem friendly. I'm not sure if I recommend them. I that's too soon to say. It's too soon to say. <laughs> Haven't even eaten what, them yet. I gotta wait the, another I gotta wait another year. <laughs> what are the pros and cons so far? Versus um, the pigs you've raised. They're really slow, like they're so tiny still. Yep. You know, I, it's nice. It's nice to have a pig and just raise them for like seven months and then butcher them. You know, that's kind of nice, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're just really tiny. I mean, the good news is that they don't eat as much. Right. And they're really nice. Like, they're easy. You're not you're not worried about your life or, get, <laughs> you know, or, right. or if, you, your kids' lives. Yep. You know, they're super friendly. I guess they're just really slow growing. That's that's the that's the main thing. 
and and also they don't eat just whatever. Like they're kind of pampered pigs. You feed them your food scraps. We feed them our food scraps, but like I don't feed them meat. Okay. Um, you know, just whatever, really. You know, if it was a feeder pig, you know, I I fed guts to feeder pigs, you know, right? <laughs> um, just to get them big, <laughs> but but not the coonies, not the coonies. They're they're vegan pigs. They're vegan pigs. <laughs> Come on, they must eat plenty of bug out on pasture. I would think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm sure they get yeah, some. But they don't well, root. Yeah, they don't root. So, <laughs> I know. yeah, I don't know. They're pampered. They're pampered. But is that because like, you pamper them? Probably, yeah. Probably. Give them their belly rubs at night. Yeah, I mean, I like the Berkshire Berkshire pigs. That was what I was going to say. Is the Berkshires? I like those guys. The Berkshires. Would you want to raise a boar and a sow all the time on the Berkshires? You know, after about two years, that's going to be a lot of pig. Yeah, that's a lot to feed. If if I was, it would be them, probably. Would it be? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. There's a farm. I did a video on them, Colfax Creek Farm. They uh, they raise all Berkshire pigs. Okay. And they breed them there too. They have like, they have a ton of pigs. <laughs> I think they had like a hundred, over a hundred fifty pigs or something. Wow. On pasture, and that's pretty much all they have is the Berkshire. What about your guinea hogs that you guys did? So I think the only reason we've stuck with the guinea hogs is uh, just the flavor. Like it's, it's really, really tasty meat. Um, Lard's cool, but you're really set for lard with like one pig. Um, Right. So it's, it's just kind of like, we're going to have to raise like, six or seven pigs a year if we stick with guinea hogs um and then we messed up this year and we actually we sold our first litter we sold the entire litter uh this spring and we should have kept like i don't know like three or four of them uh that way we could you know get on a good rotation and my plan was like oh yeah no we'll just keep the next litter well we had that next litter and you know they're they're yay big they're you know maybe 15 20 pounds now uh they grow slow it's gonna it's gonna take two years before they're full size well if i'd kept the spring batch they would have been a little bit bigger by next winter and i could possibly do them at you know 15 to 18 months something like that uh but i mean it's it is what it is so this uh coming spring we're gonna have to find some feeder pigs um you want just a little bit of advice you might have better luck than we have um get two sows get two sows and your boar uh because what can happen is if it's just one sow and one boar they basically become brother and sister and there's a good chance that they might not breed um i mean we had that happen with our mangalitsas which mangalitsas are notoriously hard to breed so, I mean, there is that, but I've actually read that in several places that, uh, if there's not enough, like, I guess, competition, then the sows, they don't, uh, get down like that. So, uh, just to, I don't know, I guess just a, just a tip. <laughs> uh, now as far as breed, yep. man, uh, those Hampshire Berkshires we did, I loved them. They had great personalities. They were they're real friendly. Uh, they they reminded me of dogs. Like they're just the way they played and the way they they were just real friendly. Come up and let me give them belly rubs and stuff like that. Uh, I was never worried about them busting out and biting any of the kids. So yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, I think it also does come down to like just handle them. Just be out there when you feed them. Make sure you scratch right. them and get them get them tame. Uh, that's like that's just like am, animal husbandry one on one right there is like get them used to you get them friendly that way when they're six hundred pounds they're not so uh, skittish that if they bust out you can't get them back in. So I guess this is what I was thinking. I want to get your guys's thoughts, and it's kind of interesting where you went to and the breed you kept going to. So I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the Idaho pasture pig. So it's a Cooney Cooney, an old Berkshire. And Duroc mix. 
So I just found that very interesting because you guys kept saying Berkshire. So it's got the Berkshire in it. And to me, it's got the Cooney Cooney, which for like, I would think more of like the meat marble in it would be kind of more like a guinea hog in there, more pasture. So they're supposed to get to market weight within 10 months. So I didn't think That's that was great. too bad. And market weight, market weight is 250 to 350 pounds. Um, and then the boars and the sows are like 350 to 450. And they eat a lot of hay and I think like three pounds of grain a day in the wintertime. That is fabulous. Maybe I need to look into Idaho pasture pigs. You know, because I want something that doesn't get too big. Because, I mean, you get a 600-pound boar and sow, that's, and that's, that's a big animal. That's a lot to feed just to be breeding, you know, and they root a lot. I know the first time we went and got our first pigs, I don't, it was a, it was some kind of heritage bred mutt. It had like three or four different breeds in it. I mean, she must have stood four or five feet tall and she was probably six feet long. And I don't know what the piglets did, but they pissed her off. She just she just took them in her mouth and like tossed them. They did somersaults in the air. And I'm like, man, that's a big pig. Like, I would not want to mess with that thing. It's like a, a cow with short legs. It was. And that's what the farmer says. Like, yeah, he's like, you, you don't want to you don't want to mess with this. And I'm like, nope. I would not want to have that thing loose in my yard running around or something. But, yeah. So we've just been trying to figure out what would be a good breed to get into because we want we want something that is tasty like you guys said like with the guinea hog you know they got the good flavoring like a magnolitza and then we want something that doesn't get too big but we don't want it to take two years to grow out either yep and that was i thought another interesting thing about the idaho pasture pigs they have more vitamin e in the meat and they have they have high levels of omega-3s I'm assuming that must be because they eat a lot of grass. Yeah, that would probably be why. Those ones root a lot, like a regular pig? Nope. So they're not supposed to root a lot. They'll root a little, but they eat a lot of grass. And they they were saying that if they root a lot, it's because they're not getting the minerals in their diet. So they're, now they're trying to find the minerals. So if they start rooting a lot, you need to give them more minerals and they won't root as much. Yeah, they sound good. I would try them. So you guys haven't tried them or known anybody that has tried them? The only person I know who tried them was Justin Rhodes, um, and he kind of he he wasn't real impressed because he wanted to follow the cows with them, and they just they rototilled his pasture. Um, but okay, like I I helped butcher those pigs, and it was absolutely like ten months. They were they were huge. Uh, you know, it's one of those we're up there when he gets them and they're you know yay big teeny tiny and then yep. he's like hey we're butchering i was like really already and go up there and it's like market weight like 300 pound pigs and i was like are you kidding me that's the yep. idaho pasture pigs they're huge so that's the only person i know that uh has done them and you know having seen the inside of them their meat's very red like it's very red and dark yep. real pretty meat i didn't get to eat any but it's all did good. you try any meat you didn't eat me. No. I'm just no. kind of curious. Yeah. So with that little bit of experience, it's kind of like I was saying, 10 weeks and they hit the good size, 250-ish pounds kind of thing. When do you plan on getting those? I don't know. I got a call into a breeder. I'm hoping the latest would be this spring, but if they oh. have any, if they have any on hand, as soon as we can get the barn done, I would, I would get some. Yeah. Whenever you can get them. Whenever we can get them, but I'd like to have them by springtime for sure. Hey, I would I would just like to butt in real quick and say, how the heck are you cranking out these buildings as fast as you're going? Like, I'll watch, you know, an episode or two a week, and it's like, oh, I'm starting this project. And then, like, the next week, yeah, we're putting the roof on. It's like, what? You guys are, you guys are getting it done. We are. So with the workshop and then with the barn, we ha we hired – so Ken's Carpenter, he's a local guy, and he's got a YouTube channel, and he's it's his son, and then they have another worker. And we we work really well together, so we're able to bust the stuff out. So we'll do a lot of the – me and Gina will do a lot of the – we'll do all the dirt work. We'll get everything prepped and ready for them, and then we'll have them come on concrete day. We pour the concrete with them, and then we'll do the framing. So like on the barn, we had them do the framing with us. We got – everything framed up, set the trusses, 
did the roof. We got the roof on in four days. And then after that, they went to finish up their other jobs. Man, so, I need a can of carpentry over here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we only planned on doing, we only planned on doing the workshop build this year. But then Ken was like, "Yeah, I'm slowing down, and I'm probably not going to be doing any more building next year because I plan on doing the barn in the spring." And I was like, "Oh, so that means we need to do two buildings this year because I enjoy working with them and I know what we can do, you know." So I'm like. Ugh. So I didn't plan on doing both the buildings this year. So this year it's kind of been like, man, how can I get this dialed in and get this figured out so we can get them both out? So it's we've been working a lot to get these two done. That's good, man, that you can do that. Yep. That's cool. It's one of those things like when you can find good help, you got to try to take advantage of it. Absolutely. What's even better is he has a YouTube channel. I know. That <laughs> worked out. But yeah, I would definitely say the pole barn building on the on a concrete slab like the pole barn we've been doing it that's it's pretty quick building and it's pretty inexpensive compared to building other ways i was pretty impressed once we sat down and crunched all the numbers you know it's it's expensive compared to what things were a while ago but it's not that expensive compared to other ways of building so how about you ben what's going on uh my my week last week was kind of short um as far as projects go we uh i'm still skirting this mobile home i'm almost done uh actually if you see me tonight just like scratching uh i put all of the uh the underlayment the plastic uh moisture barrier underneath the mobile home today and i am like ready to get in the shower uh you know every time i get under this thing it's just there's fiberglass and stuff and i'm just like itchy so i got that done today which I'm glad I don't really have to get back under there. Um, and then I'm just going to start buttoning, buttoning up the project, trying to get the project done because uh, this weekend we're having our second uh, pig pig butchering workshop. So I've got to have everything pretty much it's buttoned up. By, uh, yeah, it's this weekend. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, I am probably elbow deep in, in a pig uh, teaching a class. <laughs> uh so yeah, um, just just doing that. Uh, this weekend we elected to not film anything other than you know Thanksgiving, uh, and we just took the week off. And I could have finished this project this weekend, and it was like, nah, it's not going to be that cold this weekend. I can work on it next week. And so during this this weekend, this little time off, I got to get down in the barn and uh, make some knives. Um, I've been trying to crank out a couple knives because at this last class, I had a lot of guys, you know, after we're done scraping, there's always some hairs that need to be shaved. And they watched me use the same knife, never sharpened it, never touched it on a, a stone or a hone <laughs> or anything the entire first day. And they're watching me shave two whole, you know, two pigs. And they're like, where can I get a knife like that? It's like, well, I make them. And they're like, do you have any for sale? I was like, no, I don't. It's like this, that is like a great like marketing <laughs> thing right there is look, look how sharp this is. Look how well it holds an edge. So I figured if, if anybody's, you know, in attendance and they ask me again, it'll be like, yes, I do actually have a couple knives. So that's kind of my thinking. And you know, if I don't sell them, then uh, Christmas is here. So yeah, that, that that's pretty much the update for the week. I'm excited for this weekend. This weekend's going to warm up. Uh, I want to say it's like in the fifties and then it's only supposed to, it's supposed to rain. You know, of course it is. Uh, I think it's only supposed yep. to get down to like 44 on Friday night, but that's cold enough. We could probably hang a pig as long as it's not pouring rain. Sometimes the rain though helps cool the meat off quicker. It's, yep. it's like, so what do you use for steel on your knives that holds the edge so good? Do you have like a special steel you try to get or? I use, it's just a spring steel called 1095. Um, I, I, yep. in the early days of learning how to make knives, I did the whole mystery steel stuff. It's like, oh, you know, car springs are supposed to be good steel and you never know what it is. You know, <laughs> there's no data sheet that comes with a random junkyard find. Um, and so there's a certain like process you have to go through when you're heat treating a knife 
And if you don't know what kind of steel it is, you might do the wrong thing and wind up with either a unhardened blade or a blade that's like a piece of glass. You know, you just don't know. So I started buying known steel and using, you know, 1095. It's really easy to work with. It's uh, it, it's almost like a dummy proof steel once you learn how to work with it. And so I, I've got a couple knives that I made them as hard as I possibly could. And they're up in, you know, like the 60 Rockwell range. If you know what the Rockwell scale is, um, 60 Rockwell is pretty stinking hard. Uh, and these knives will wear out diamond stones with a quickness. Uh, it's pain in the butt to get the knife sharp, but once it's sharp, it stays sharp for a very long time. Um, you know, if you're, you know, trying to cut through bone with a knife, uh, there's not really any knife that's going to hold up to that. But as long as you're careful and you're not hitting bone or sawn on the table with it, like this past weekend, you know, I sharpened the knives before day one. And then I, at the end of day one, I just touched them up and, you know, by, uh, by the end of the weekend, they were still sharp. Like I didn't have to stop and sharpen knives in the middle of the class. And I only used one knife for the entire class. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the performance of these knives. It's kind of cool that I made them too. So are you going to go over Jason and eat the food on Saturday? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just here for the food and free coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be coffee on tap again if you want to make a cameo. So yeah, this week, Thanksgiving, you know, we just try not to do, I try not to do too much. It's like one of those things like, man, what did I do this week? I was like, man, I don't know if I did anything this week. I felt like I didn't do anything, <laughs> but I was like, well, I put out two videos, you know, edited two videos in the podcast. And <laughs> so I guess I did something, but, um, did you have to edit the podcast Chris on Thanksgiving? What's that? Did you have to edit the podcast on Thanksgiving? No, I did it the day before I, I wanted to. Yeah, usually I'll do it like the day before. Yep. Uh, for, like I'll do it on Thursday, but this time I was like, you know, what? I don't want to do anything on Thursday, so I I I did it on Wednesday, and it was done by Wednesday. So, uh, which is which is fine. It worked out. But um, I put up Christmas lights. Do you guys put up Christmas lights in your house? No. <laughs> Not anymore. I used to be all about that life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, us too us too but then the last couple of years uh even like when we we're on our mobile home but well, i don't think we ever put christmas lights on the mobile home um uh, but then ever since we got like a real house we're like hey let's put christmas lights up you know um like in california we used to be all about it because everyone else is you know it's it's in the suburbs and i i'd be the one decorating grandma's house Every year, you know, I don't know. We we just we started it back up again. Nothing too crazy, but you know, I put some lights up. Um, Do you guys cut your own trees, like in your yards, and get like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Or that's what we do. I want to that's do what that, we do too. but Rain's like, ah, oh, well, we need a big tree. You no, know, ever since we moved back up here, we made it a tradition. I started it off like we we came back up. I don't think we were living here yet. And we cut down a tree and put it at Gina's parents' house. And it was the ugliest Charlie Brown tree. I took some two-by-fours and made an X on the bottom. <laughs> we stuck it in her parents' house. They were both working. And then they came home. And they're like, this is pretty cool. And they used yeah. it for that Christmas. So ever since then, that's kind of been our tradition. And that's what we do at our house. We just do a ugly Charlie Brown Christmas tree cut from the yard somewhere. Yeah. Part of me wants to like, go uh, plant. <clears throat> like, I would love to plant some like legit Christmas trees wow. out here somewhere. You just need ugly Christmas trees. Like it's got to become the new thing. Yeah. There's more meanings behind it. I know. I know. You have to tell me. <laughs> tell the, the women I live with. <laughs> <laughs> tell them it's a heritage tree, just like a heritage yeah. turkey or, you know, it's organic. It's, it's organic. If you get one of those big store bought ones, it's kind of like buying a, broad-breasted turkey or a broiler you know it's that's like the same equivalent to the christmas tree world yes you yeah. gotta get those free ranch trees i know i about i have one beanie left so i sold out beanies almost one left as we speak 
So I, I was shipping those out, I guess, a few days before Thanksgiving, <clears throat> um, which is pretty cool. On my mini truck, I the bumper, the front bumper on the mini truck, you know, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a 90s truck. So, you know, that black part, the plastic, it gets all faded. So I flamed it. Have you ever flamed it? And it like... Yeah, I've seen that. Turns it like brand new again. It's like um just a handheld flamer thing. And you just like kind of go like that. And it just, it's amazing. It just like, yeah. it just turns it dark black again. It's almost like it heats it up a little bit, the plastic, and then it turns it black. So you gotta go fast so you don't burn it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You gotta be <laughs> careful, but. I've done that with all sorts of like outdoor plastic stuff. Once it gets all crusty and the UV damage, you just take the blowtorch to it and it just, just real quick, you just kiss it with that torch and it just like it melts and then hardens again and it looks like brand new plastic. It's crazy. I didn't have to take off the bumper. I didn't take off the bumper. I was like, man, I don't want to take this off. And then, so I just like kind of did it. I was like, oh, it works. A company sent me a bumper, a front bumper for the mini truck. Um, and then a, a winch so I could put a winch in the front. That'd be cool. Um, it might be a little bit overkill, the bumper. <laughs> when you guys see the bumper, it's going to be like, wow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it needs that big bumper, but is it made for it? Yeah. It's made for, uh, it's like an aftermarket, like this co other companies started making these bumpers for the mini trucks. So I'm like, I'm going to put that winch on it and the, and the truck's going to go boop. It's going to go <laughs> front. <laughs> It's gonna be too heavy for it. It's gonna tip over. <laughs> gonna have to add a leaf yeah. in the suspension. Well, I think it would be cool if I put that on, or when I put that on, if I could see if I can lift up a pig with it or something. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Can you use that to hoist up your pigs and stuff through the barn? Yeah. Up. I want to try it. See if it'll do it. It might lift up the truck, but <laughs> imagine having a pig so heavy that it lifts the truck up. I know. Right. I don't know how. I mean, I think the truck maybe weighs 1,500 pounds. Does that sound right? I don't, I don't know. know how much they weigh. Or if I get a deer, maybe I could hoist it up with that. How long does your season go till for deer hunting? Uh, isn't it like January 2nd? I yeah, it's like a while. It's, it's the, the beginning of the year. Um, I believe <clears throat> this weekend is the end of uh, any sex. And uh, basically, it's like buck only from then on out. So if you're wanting, wanting to get does, get them now. Which I'm, I'm hoping I could go out. You know what I noticed too, guys, man? Like, we butchered them two steers a year ago. And we are really low on beef. Really? I went in there yesterday in the <laughs> cooler. I was like, where's all the beef? <laughs> I was like, we're, I guess we've been going through it because, like... We have a lot of room in there, in the chest. They're in a chest freezer, and I was like, I mean, there's still. Uh, Lorraine seems to think we probably have maybe three months left of beef. Wow. Yep. So I'm like, man, better get your fence built. Get some more cattle coming. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, I gotta. I mean, we have plenty of pork still, but I guess it's the beef we like. You're gonna have so to that get you got a couple me thinking, deer. like, man, I should go and. I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, I gotta go out there, and now that I have the room, I think last year I was like, I don't have the room for any deer, but I guess we've been we've been eating everything. So, I think that's what happens when you live this lifestyle. You eat a lot of meals at home, so you go through the meat and all the food a lot quicker because you're not going out to dinner or out to eat. You work yep. from home. You're at home all the time, so you're cooking. All right. So let's talk about some gifts. I, I wrote down a list. Did you guys write down a list? <laughs> a Christmas list? Christmas um, list. I'm terrible at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so every year we're like, what, what should we get each other? I'm like, man, we, every year we say, well, I don't need anything. She, you right. know, my, Lorraine's like, I don't need anything. I mean, whatever we want throughout the year, we'll just get it, really. So it's so hard to get each other gifts. But I thought this would be a fun topic. Maybe give some other people some ideas on um, what to get their favorite homesteader. So what you guys got? Well, you go first. You got the list. I yeah, got, the, got list. the list. We're just going to bounce up your ideas. 
I got like 10 things and we can bounce off of that. Okay. Here's, this is not an order. So, but here's one, uh, zip ties. Mm, That's a good one. You could get, you could get a thousand zip, a thousand bag of zip ties at Lowe's for like $29. (laughs) (laughs) Zip ties and duct tape. Yes. (laughs) That's a good stocking stuffer. A good Um, knife. Whether it be a pocket knife or a Leatherman or yep. kitchen knife or butchering. And I mean, there's so many different knives you can use for. It seems like every job on the homestead calls for a different knife. Like whether you're chicken butchering or you're butchering a pig. And Yep, I have it on here. Leatherman. Like a, I have a, a Victorinox. I like the Victorinox knives. Yep. Um, six inch boning knife. Is that the curved one? It's got a yep. little spook to it. Yep. <clears throat> Those ones you, you can do chickens and whatever. Do you guys use the candlestick scrapers when you're doing your hogs? What do you guys use for scraping the hair? I guess, yeah, candlestick scrapers. scrapers? I've never heard yeah, them called that. Must be a New England thing. I know. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> kind of looks like a candlestick, don't it? Yeah. Like an old yeah, candlestick holder. Except it doesn't have a candlestick holder. Yeah. They used to sell them on eBay. You could get new ones that work pretty slick. I don't know if they still... The them ones I got, I got on eBay. They're I found like some ones. on Amazon. Oh, I got new ones. I found them on eBay brand new. They were just kind of like a big, giant fender washer that kind of got, they pressed them. They worked, I didn't think they were going to work that great, but they worked really well. So I got some ratchet straps. You can always use ratchet straps. Yep. Those are a must. What kind of ratchet straps? There's like so many different ones. The ones that self... Self-rewind. Rewind. I like those, but I picked up a brand. I think it's called Rhino. They're American. I'm pretty sure they're American made. And the, they don't auto rewind. Or maybe they make some other auto rewind. But the ones I got, they have little like latches on them. So you can like clip them on the bed hook and they stay there. Because what I hate is when you're doing it by yourself, you go all the way around. Then you get to the other end, put the other side on. You start ratcheting it down and the hook fell off. Oh, yeah. I've seen it's like those. a carabiner or something. Yeah, well, it's a little hook, but then it's got a lot, like a little spring-loaded latch on it that holds it in place. It's like, that's pretty slick. Yeah, those are pretty slick. Know, something simple like that. Like, right? it's genius. Have you ever heard of, heard of the Perfect Bungee? It's a brand. I love those bungees. <laughs> if you look them up, perfect, the Perfect Bungee. I think they have them on Amazon, but I think, I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen them at Lowe's, but Home Depot, I start, I was buying them at Home Depot. You know those old school rubber bungees that are black? Yeah, like, trucker like bungees. You can never stretch it. Like, they're just super hard to stretch. Right. Um, they look like that, but except you could stretch it. I actually um, used yours when I farm sat for you, and I liked them so much, I went home and I ordered <laughs> some perfect bungees. Like, they are the perfect bungee. The They're so stretchy. They don't hurt your skin when you stretch them like those rubber ones would. Uh, they're just, they're great bungees. Like I, I really like those bungees. Uh, and I've noticed when it, when it's really, really cold, they still stretch. That's it. Yes. I feel left out. I gotta get a pair. You have to. <laughs> I know. Find I'm, excited about bun- I'm excited yeah. about bungees. A bucket. <laughs> <laughs> You always need a bucket. You can always use a bucket. Put some stuff in there. Put some bungees in there. Put some zip ties in there and wrap it. <laughs> Boom. Automatic gift. <laughs> if I if I had that under the tree oh. Christmas morning, like a bucket with zip ties and bungees in it, <laughs> I would actually, like, that would be an awesome gift. Water hose. Always, I can, you can always use a water hose. Do you guys have, like, a brand you like? Have you found, like, the perfect water hose yet because i haven't i haven't not really I, um, I thought i'd i thought i'd found it with those zero g hoses like i really like those hoses they're super light they're flexible they don't hardly kink but man don't run them over don't run them over especially when they're pressurized they'll pop them like a water balloon yeah i tried the one of the, we have one and exactly they work good for some things but i try to stick with the rubber like just rubber hose yep like a like regular a rubber year. hose, but they don't last. Yeah, they just don't last. I mean, seems like every year we go through at least one or two hoses. 
they just deteriorate yeah. and fall apart or you run them over and they get holes in them or something. They need to start sponsoring some of us. <laughs> <laughs> Become a hose dealer. Come on, hey, man. hose people. Where, you, want, you want a hose? Hose company. Where are the hose companies at? Who's that? Where are the hose at? We need to make our, yeah. <laughs> Where are all the hose at? Um, I found a new one while I was doing fencing. The, uh, is it Nipex? 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 Bolt cutters? Knipex. It's K-N-I-P-E-X. Yeah, Knipex? supposedly you pronounce the K. What, yeah, they're like little compact bolt cutters. And they're like, they're just, they look like pliers, but they're really good. Like, just that high tensile stuff, I'm just going to town and just cutting everything. Um, They're like, they're kind of expensive, like 50 bucks, I think. What else? Headlamp. You got to have a good headlamp. I think we've actually talked about that one. What kind of head- uh, before? Any kind of heat, heat headlamp would be, would be fine. Like I like, I think I have a Phoenix headlamp. Yeah, mine's an Olight. I bought a Milwaukee like one. I would say any kind of stuff that you're gonna go through throughout throughout the year if you're building stuff, whether it be a box of screws <clears throat> or like a thing of drill bits, anything like that, I think would be a good gift. We try to keep a lookout this time of the year for the bigger. I don't want. I don't know if you'd call them appliances or like one year we got our KitchenAid. On a Black Friday deal, like, I don't know, it was like 80% off. It was a ridiculous deal. And we've had that for probably five or six years now. And then just that kind of like, try to keep an eye on like stuff like that. Like, yeah. Trying. yeah. I mean, it's, it was crazy. It was, I don't know why they had them like that. My brother was up. It was around, yeah, it was Thanksgiving. My brother was up and he's like, I don't need one. But for the, for the price <laughs> that it is, he's like, it, I can't afford not to. I think it was like 120 bucks for the commercial one. I don't know why they were selling them so cheap, but, but so we, we just try to keep like an eye for stuff like that. Cause it seems like every once in a while, some companies will run good deals. And it's like, that'll be like the family Christmas present for everybody kind of things. Getting a family gift is, is fun. I'd say books. Books are good. Are, are fun Christmas presents to get this time of the year. Uh, this year, you know, it said me and uh, Lorraine were having a hard time figuring out what to get each other. And we're like, yeah, usually we're just like, don't, let's not get each other anything. But this year we decided there is a hundred year old general store uh, close to us. Let's go to that general store, you know, separate times. And we get to <laughs> pick, pick something out from that general store for, for each other. So we haven't, I haven't done it. I haven't went there yet, but so that's our kind of our, I guess it's a kind of like a challenge probably. Is there a limit or is it just kind of? <laughs> no, just whatever. I guess just whatever. Just, yeah. we'll just go to this general store. Whatever they have in there, we're going to pick something out. Like I'm going to pick something out for, uh, I'm not sure what. Yeah. I, I know where you're talking uh, about. There's some cool stuff in that store. Yeah. Ben knows. Ben knows. <laughs> I love that store. Yeah. It's it's a general store. It's kind of general store that you go in there and they'll make you a bologna sandwich. Are they busy? Like, is it a place that'll stay open? There's always people I mean, in there. there for a hundred years. Awesome. The area where I'm at, I used to come up here in high school, and there was a bunch of old, I'd call them like country store style stores, and they're gone now. And a lot of them they just tore down because they couldn't get anybody to buy them, and they're like, well, we don't want to pay the taxes anymore on the property, so they just bulldoze them down. It's like. Oh, what a shame. You know, I just remember when I was in high school, like we drive the four wheelers too, and we drive the snow machines too, and you'd stop and you'd get your pizza or, you know, you'd see all the different stuff they'd have in there for sale. And now they're not there. It's like, man. Yeah. I hope this place stays open yeah. for the next so that, hundred that years make... too. Right. You guys will have to buy it if it ever goes for sale. And I know. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. waiting for that. I'm waiting for that moment. <laughs> I'm showing my face in there every once in a while. Hey, what's up guys? Right. I'm your neighbor. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> Trying to butter them up. Right. So they, they make sandwiches there and sell them? Like, what, what's in this general store? Do I have, like, coffee and baked goods? They, and... they do have complimentary coffee. Complimentary uh, coffee? Yeah. Wow. Like a little coffee pot. You go in there and yep. just, make, just, put, just fill yourself up with a cup. <laughs> you can buy um, your uh, nails kinda, by you know, the pound. Yeah, they have just little stuff. Um, you know, they have like a plumbing section and um they have some lodge lodge stuff, uh cooking stuff. Sounds like a homesteader store. 
It really is. Yeah, it's cool. They do right. the they do the where the where do they do the deer weigh in stations? Like you guys gotta wait, bring your deer to get checked in and stuff. Mm. No, North Carolina doesn't do that. Yeah, right, up here you have to. You got to bring them to the different different stores. Do it, but you got to bring your your deers and get them weighed and checked in. Really? Yeah, yeah California. You had to take your deer and get it, even if like, you get one inspected. Get your tag verified. The whole deer, after, right after you shoot it, you got to you yeah, got to tag it. Wait, and then you got to bring it. it somewhere. Yeah, you got to bring it in, get it checked in. It's usually different stores. It's not like uh, it's not at like a fish and game department or anything. It's like different stores will do it. You bring it in there. You report it, and they write it in the book and stuff like that. They so weigh you got to do that even if it, you do it on your property? Yep, even if you do it on your property. If you have enough land, you can hunt on your property without a license. And then when you go to check it in, you got to have a tag, a handwritten tag that says, like, landowner tag. And then you got to go in, you got to weigh it, check it in, all that stuff. Hey, maybe wow. it's just the, the libertarian in me. It's like, if I shoot it on my land, nobody's going to know about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's yeah. like I, I do have the technology and the yep. skills. I can I can make that thing disappear. Right. A lot of people nowadays though can't. They wouldn't yeah. know what to do even if they shot it themselves. They take it to a deer processor. Yep. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. You guys don't have to go anywhere and check them in. You can just shoot them and bring them wherever. You, you, you got to fill out a tag and report it anywhere online. Or? Yeah, you do okay, right you from your phone. Your you phone. you check it in on your phone. You don't have to take any pictures or anything. You just. Log into your hunting license, push the button for report a harvest, and you get a confirmation email that says, congratulations. Then you're done. <laughs> the first deer I got out here, and that was literally the reporting process. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I don't have to take it and find a ranger or a sheriff or like, it's just, we're, we're done. It's mine now. I can take it. This is cool. I knew we moved to the right, right place. So back to the gift giving real quick. Uh, you know, all throughout the year, we have the same problem. Uh, me and Meg just buy whatever we want, whenever we want, you know, within reason. Um, and so this summer, uh, I was getting to the point where I was carrying pliers with me everywhere. And it was like, this is stupid. I need a Leatherman. And so I bought a Leatherman. I haven't carried a Leatherman since I was like 20. Uh, I used to be all about a Leatherman. I had a Leatherman and somehow I I was doing something and I had it sitting on my truck and I ran it over like it fell off my truck when I was backing the truck up and I ran it over and broke it. And I hadn't, I hadn't carried one since. So, I mean, that's almost, Oh gosh, that's 17 years. I haven't carried a Leatherman. And so this summer I bought one. <laughs> Holy Moses. Like I have, I have used this Leatherman so much I forgot how nice it was to have scissors and pliers and a saw. I mean, there's there's no end to the amount of things that I can use this Leatherman for. Having a screwdriver on you. I mean, you don't know how many times that screwdriver saved me a trip up to the house or to the barn. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're wanting to get yep. the homesteader in your life something, if you don't already have a Leatherman or a good multi tool, think about it. That's that is a very useful gift. Which one did yeah. you get? Did you get the regular? The so I mean, I was just on looking at Leathermans today or yesterday, and I couldn't believe all the different Leathermans they have nowadays. So many. So oh I got the shoes. This it one's is. called the the free, and it's like it, supposedly it's supposed to be the one handed tool. That's why I got it. It's got a really nice, gotcha. like snappy mechanism. Yeah, for all the people listening, all they hear is a bunch of clicking and weird noises. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like. It spins free. It actually reminds me if you've ever held a butterfly knife, that's what it reminds me of. It's like it's like you have this weird heavy Leatherman butterfly knife thing. But yeah, that's the Leatherman free. Uh, it is not free in the price. Uh, I would say it's one of the more expensive ones. But uh, if I break this thing or lose it, like you better believe I'm going to replace it because it is invaluable. I was looking at the I got, wave. I got I got the wingman. The wingman. This one, I I had the uh, Wave Plus. Yep. And that thing is like a brick. Is it? <laughs> it, it was too. It was like it's kind of like too cumbersome. Plus, see how this is springy. Yeah, I like that. I like that spring loaded. <laughs> this is what. This is the reason why I bought this one. 
So the, so the other one, you have to like pry it open with two hands and then use it and then pry it open again yep. and then use it. This one, it's just a spring. Is yours a spring, Ben? No, it's not. But like the movement is really, really smooth. Uh, okay. So you don't, you don't really need a spring because it's so smooth. And then, you know, I see. the mechanism, once it unlocks, it's got magnets that hold it together. And so once you open it, it just, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this yeah. one. Surprisingly enough, uh, the blades have stayed really, really sharp. My last Leatherman I had, that was back before they had like names, um, you know, mm -hmm. Wingman or anything like that. That's how long ago this Leatherman I had was. Uh, that was the main thing I remembered about it was you better not need a sharp knife because that knife is not going to hold an edge. But with this one, I've used this thing for all sorts of stuff and it's still sharp. So uh, they've definitely improved in almost 20 years. Now I'm even more confused. I don't know which one to get too many options. Every year I go on the website. Every year you're going to, you're going to get a new, new Leatherman every year. <laughs> right. I guess they used to have one that they marketed as a one handed tool. And, uh, that was what I was looking for. And I actually, one of a friend I have, he actually has one. Uh, he bought it right before they quit making them. And it is legitimately, I've never seen a Leatherman one-handed tool. You hold it by the handle, you like push a button and then sling it. And the pliers pop out the end. And then when you open your hand, they open. Like it's truly a one-handed set of pliers. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I don't know why they quit making them. Maybe it was, you know, too fidgety to machine something like that. But uh, maybe right. if you want to eBay some, you could find one of those. I've thought about it. That'd be kind of cool <laughs> to have a set of the one-handed Leathermans. So I guess that's it. It's all the Christmas gifts. I wish I was a little more... Uh, I can't think like, of what else. Like, good with this subject. But I suck at Christmas. I always have. I've never been good at gift-giving. Homemade gifts are always good to give, but then it's like, what do I make? Like, you know, I've already made you this, this, this. <laughs> it's like, what else? We did for this year some cross. We did a Gina found a package for cross country skis. So hopefully we get some snow so we can go cross country skiing. But we got some for everybody. It was kind of mm -hmm. impressive. Like, what she could. I don't know if they're. We don't cross country ski, so we don't we don't look at skis, so we don't know if these are like ten year old skis that somebody put into a package and you got a great deal on or <laughs> or what, but as long as they get us around the yard, we'll be happy. So Yeah. That'd be cool. So you could do that on your property. Yep. That's the nice. We got a groomer that I pull behind the side by side. So we'll try to make our we'll groom our own trails, but we got the groomer which is nice like for making like paths to go to the animals. That's kind of nice. We get a lot of deep snow. You can have the pass to go to the animals and the animals like the chickens. We let our chickens free range a lot of the times in the winter. They like the they like to walk on the groomed trails versus the not groomed trails. But tell me, Al, I always had this question. So when we were out in California, I could pretty much run out my front door every day of the year and go for a run, right? Mm -hmm. So what do people do when it's like? you know, zero degrees out and there's snow basically in the winter. Like what do you, you can't, you can't go work out outside, right? Well, you, or do you? You, well, you can go cross country skiing. You can go downhill skiing. You can go snowshoeing. A lot of people go, they'll go ice climbing. There's just different outdoor stuff, which is, I guess is the fun thing. Cause it's always a changing season. So it's something different to do. Because I always thought you guys like had a gym membership somewhere and you guys go <laughs> in a gym, but no. I guess you, I guess not. I mean, I still think about that out here, like, and it's not terribly cold out here, not like not like you guys, but uh, I was like, man, what do people do f to work out in the winter if they wanted to work out without having to, you know, buy equipment or not? You know, are they out there in the right. snow running? <laughs> I think all just depends on what you like doing. I think a lot of people probably nowadays all do it inside. Because we talked about getting a treadmill really just for the winter, I guess. Because sometimes, man, when it's, you know, winter, you're like, man, I wish, I feel like going running, but I'm not going to go out there. <laughs> do you still run? 
No, not as much as I as was. Not at all. No. But sometimes, I mean, usually in the fall, for, you know, when it dies down, like fall, winter, I feel like running. But it's at the same the time, it's like, man, I don't know if I want to go out there. Yeah. Always. So that's hated, why I'm thinking like a, a treadmill. But. Always hated running. I don't know why. But I've never understood why people like running. Yeah, I, I loved running. So is it big out in California then? Don't you get good weather all the time? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Hiking, out, outdoors, outdoor stuff. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty much the capital you're for you're out outdoor stuff. Southern California, it's always it's either hot or sort of hot. <laughs> this weather we've been having lately, like it's been kind of cold, and like I think yesterday it was cloudy all day and only got up to like forty five for the high, and. uh it was like, oh my gosh, this is like the dead of winter temperatures back in California where we're at. Like that that, that was the peak <laughs> of winter right there. You might get a light frost and everybody's yeah. worried about their citrus plants. It's like, we haven't even got started. We're, we're going to have upper teens this week. It's like, oh, here we go. Is that early like, for you guys getting this cold? Like not really. Not cold. what I've... Usually we, we have a cold snap in November, um, usually towards the middle of November. So we're actually about two weeks late. Um, every year since we've been here, usually around like the 15th of November is when we see like, you know, uh, 17, something like that. And then it'll warm back up and we won't see cold temperatures until January. Not like that. So we'll see. We'll see if it's the same as it's been every year. So that's an hour, guys. I think uh, time's up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, so I appreciate everyone listening and watching. Thank you so much for watching us on YouTube and listening to these podcasts. Um, If you can, subscribe to our channel, uh, leave a comment, a thumbs up, and share with your friends. And uh, we'll talk to you guys, or I guess we'll see you guys uh, next week. I hope everyone has an awesome week. And, uh, just some good Christmas shopping. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Thanks for watching. Bye. Thanks for watching. <laughs> see you guys.